Welcome to the Donmar Warehouse podcast. My name is Blythe Stewart and I'm the Donmar Resident Assistant Director. I'm currently assisting Michael Longhurst on Mike Lou's play, Teenage Dick. During rehearsals, Michael and the cast sat down with the literary manager, Claire Slater, to discuss the production. Here they are to tell you more. I guess what Teenage Dick does is, um, I think it speaks, uh, for me, it's, uh, it's a fresh story. It's Richard III, so there's something very pleasing about enjoying Mike Lou's ability to um, flirt with how he is and isn't Richard III. And for those that know Richard very well, that's very satisfying. And for those that don't know Richard, you just get some pleasing one-liners that just make you smirk <laughs> as you go through. Um, and the show journeys from a sort of um, full-on American teen high school comedy, mean girl style with douchebags and jocks and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and via sort of Shakespeare, as I'm currently calling it, <laughs> we suddenly sort of find ourselves in full-on, here is homicide Richard III. And the election happens. And the sort of um, ability for the play, I guess like a series of American teen movies, some of the, you know, Heathers and Carrie, they really start at one place and launch yeah. you somewhere else. And suddenly, um, we're in incredibly high-stakes Shakespeare um, in a school. Um, and that's pleasing, but I think basically the, the appeal of it was the fun of that, the ability to challenge who gets <coughs> to play a lead at the Donmar, and a play that really cleverly, for me, reclaims the character of Richard, uh, you know, this con- canonical character in the disabled canon that has, for too long now, um, been played by able-bodied actors. And actually, as the theatre is working hard to improve its inclusion and its representation, it felt like we could use the platform of the Dormar to really um, enter the conversation. And frankly, when I do plays, you enter a room not knowing stuff and you work with people that teach you stuff and then you understand a lot better. And that's the reason for doing a play. Um, and that has been the privilege of this play so far. So it was just one of those opportunities to jump at. Great. That's my long answer. There we oh, go. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and I wonder, um, we had a, a reference there for Daniel, so I thought, hi. Hello. Hello. I thought I'd ask you, please, um, what it feels like to prepare for one of those big titles yeah. as an actor and like what day one of rehearsals feels like when you know that that's what you're going to do. Yeah, um, I, I was so excited about this opportunity and I mean Richard III is a character that is so, you know, part of the disabled character, a canon and then like, you know, disabled characters in history, one of the most prominent. And I'd seen a number of, number of Richard III's in the past and it never felt, um, true to my experience as a disabled person in the world and I never felt like my, um, the lens I have on her having a lived experience of disability never felt to be properly explored and it was something I always wanted to play and then this new, fresh, exciting um, take on it was really, really exciting for me and yeah, it was kind of great because we had the reading over a year ago and like we met in December last year and stuff so I had a year to prepare so I, um, I had a year of... He's ready to go. And I, was, <laughs> I was very impatient. And, um, and so, yeah, so I, I, it, it was, yeah, it was really exciting. And it, yeah, um, but, but the best part about it as well has been, you know, you spend a year dreaming about what this is going to be, but then you come into this room and, like, without cast, it's just, like, the best cast ever. And it's just been really, um, the rehearsals have been the most strangely relaxed and just like fun and creative rehearsals that I've ever had because like it feels like there's been none of the usual rehearsal panic yet so like it just feels um it's been really nice it just feels like just pure creative play and exploring things and I'm very excited 
great. <laughs> so, see, I was wondering if I could ask you, but I mean, anyone, by the way, just chip in at any point if you have an opinion or a thing, but um, I thought I'd ask you what it was like to have Mike Lou, the playwright, was with, he's based in New York, um, but he was with us for the first week of rehearsals. Yeah. Um, how, was, how useful is that um, when a playwright is in the room? I think it's, I, I think it's such a gift actually, particularly with new writing, because there's a lot that I think you have to rely on your imagination because that's the point um, <laughs> of doing the thing. But um, but I'm a bit of a, a geek, a script geek, so I, I love going, oh, okay, so why did you make this decision and why did you make that decision? And just having the person in the room who's got the answers or they tell you it doesn't matter or you're free to invent whatever you want is great because, and especially if we do it all together, it means that we're all in the same play by the time we get up on our feet. Um, and so, yeah, it was great. And, and Mike, yeah, no. sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and also because, um, and also because uh, Mike is American and went to an American high school. There's tons that we minus this guy, <laughs> um, Callum. That is his name. There's those that we didn't understand. Like there was literally like uh, I think at one point somebody says the word um, clique, but we thought it we thought it was clique, but actually it's click. Like things like that that we were like I don't know. Um, it's just great to have him there. Um, so yeah. Well, on his first day, he he watched Callum give a wonderful uh, presentation <laughs> on, the, oh, yes. on the rules of American football and watched <laughs> a room full of Brits being like, "What? But it's such a stupid game." Yeah, and you know, essentially, you know, he was expected to give full literary advice to us and actually was provo- pro- presiding over a bunch of Brits trying to get their heads around the rules of yeah, why the quarterback is the star. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I guess for him that must have been super weird because the only other time that he's done the show was in New York. So totally. There's loads of things for the yeah, that's that they get. Yeah, 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 so yeah. it must have, I don't know, there were certain times I'd look over it and he just was laughing so <laughs> 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 I just thought, this is weird. Anyway, no. Yeah, because we're a bit like, yeah, yeah, we know Richard III, but tell us about American high school systems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and actually with that in mind, I'm sort of finding that, um, let's call it serendipity, but pick whichever word you like, um, of the timing of the show, given um, what happens in it. So, <clears throat> uh, it's genuinely no spoilers, but we're working towards um, a high school presidential election in the show. And, <laughs> and we will be opening press night now on a general election in this country. So there's a sort of strange, I guess, energy, whatever, behind that. Um, and I thought, um, Ruth, I'd ask you what that... Um, Don't ask what... what. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, it's not going to be a political question. I was just thinking how your characters sort of interact with that kind of who you're going to vote for, how, you know, um, well, in fact, all of you do, really. Um, uh, what conversations, if any, you guys have had that um, that kind of, I guess, the slightly more political edge to the whole piece about um, who you put in power and how you decide that. I don't know, maybe those conversations haven't come up. Maybe it's another angle. Why do I get this question? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone is welcome to jump in. Um, yeah, from it's really interesting to have a play that is, has got such a strong political focus and um, it is a case of, of someone who is incredibly unlikable, sorry, um, <laughs> a character who is incredibly unlikable versus a, a character who is like the star mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> yeah. all of that is really interesting on, on who, which characters would vote for who 
and why. Um, and it's I guess it's about social misogyny as well, isn't it? Yeah, totally. I, I think that's something that we all explore, and and the reasons why why each of them want to run as well. So it's not just about the voting, but why they want to want to run. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of I've learned more about the political side of <laughs> life in these past two weeks than I have like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, like, I think we all step towards this play, I think because of um, the disability lens and the inclusion politics, but you find we are doing the story of the rise of the populist dictator, mm-hmm. and it, to be fair, <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like we've got something to add to this conversation this moment in time. Populism and politics, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and when policy gets um, um, disregarded, disregarded yeah. to the personality cult of someone's ideas, so, you know, there's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. And Callum, how weird is it that this bunch of people just don't know about American football? Infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> I knew nothing about American football, <laughs> so this has been a real challenge. <laughs> <laughs> what other things have you had to like teach people? Well, I mean, similarly to <laughs> similarly to Mike Lou, the playwright. It, it is interesting because you know he was saying when he was doing the production in New York, he had to sort of say. Well, this is a parallel to Richard III, or this is a parallel to another Shakespeare play. And yeah, as Susie said, it's interesting to come in and be like, well, yeah, this is what like class council is, or this is <laughs> how a schedule is run in an American high school. So yeah, I mean, it's brilliant. Flies has set up like a whole. Oh, it's calendar of what happens in our school. It's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, where it, we're figuring out where it is geographically, yeah. everything. Our, our walls are covered with Lyle's research. Lyle is our resident so assistant good. director. For those of you who haven't had the pleasure of meeting her, she's great. I didn't realize how culturally different American high schools are to to British high schools. That was a shock. I thought it was kind of, you know, because American films and TV is such, it's ingrained in, mm. in culture throughout the world. So I thought maybe that would have seeped in a little bit. Well, I didn't realize either, to be honest. You know, it was so many American, like, high school yeah. movies. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I know American high school, I got this. Yeah. And then we went, actually went, really went through it. I was like, oh my God, I actually yeah. don't know what any of this Yeah. Yes, this is you know we're, this is a junior class year, yeah. so everyone is in that process of looking at where they're going to go and study afterwards. Yeah. And the insane sort of pressure on the college system in America is yeah. It's a scholarship. Yeah. yeah. Is, oh yeah, and where to go next for university. It like. just. Oh, I mean, it's, but then also as well the social side, like when you go when you watch a, a team. Uh, American film, it's like there's always the dances, you have prom or whatever, yeah, or sprinkling, yeah. all these sort of words that we don't really know what they mean. And I, th- I think what's exciting as well about doing this play in London as opposed to when it's being done in the States is like, I mean, like coming from Australia, like I grew up similarly like an American high school movie, you know, teen movies, and like love them. And especially with Netflix these days, they're like oh. pumping out one every week. It's very popular at the moment. And, it, and so that kind of the fun American, like living in a, in the fun American high school team movie is a really fun extra thing, whereas for American audiences it would kind of just be nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it is like yeah. a, there's something, um, yeah, like e- even though there's the, the, you know, super high stakes in, in the play, there's something really fun about, you know, just a genuinely exuberant American high school team, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna have a lot of fun when you. I'm just gonna say it now. <laughs> and I really encourage you. Also, I was talking to um, 
someone else who's known this play and loved this play for a long time were really jealous of the Dom I was doing it. Um, <laughs> um, and how much they think it's also a play that really suits younger audiences as well. Yeah, so have yeah, a little yeah. think about those kind of uh, sons, daughters, nieces, nephews, neighbours, whatever, um, yeah. in your life who might enjoy this, because I think it's a really thrilling way in to oh, Shakespeare. Yeah. But because, you know, as soon as you add in um, <coughs> teenage bullying, you really take it to a place mm -hmm. that, um, that, that makes it very easy to transpose um, from Shakespeare. So, it, you know, it's both a fun environment because we recognise the archetypes and we enjoy yeah. Playing with the archetypes and we enjoy setting them up yeah. as a company and then gradually showing all the characters to be surprising against those archetypes. Yeah. But um, but I think you know the f fundamentally it's a play about I guess it's a play about bullying probably yeah, yeah, bullying yeah. and power. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, de it definitely feels like speaking about the politics thing as well. It feels like at least from Fritch's point of view, it does feel like a story of what it is to be a disabled person in a very ableist society mm. and like ableism that's like overt like bullying and harassment but then also like um insidious and subtle and, and not as obvious and kind of the what that does to a person when they're you know growing up and being told that they have one thing or another thing and you know that that's kind of what it feels like yeah absolutely i think mike's really interested in um the tropes the literary tropes that we associate with who gets to be the villain and who gets to be the hero totally. and um and whether that's you know, disability related or gender related, yeah, yeah. what does that mean and how does that present both through the literary canon and specifically in Shakespeare. Mm. Totally. Um, so I think all of that is in the play and is challenged in a really, a really fun and exciting package. That was director Michael Longhurst and the Teenage Dick cast talking to literary manager Claire Slater about the production. Teenage Dick runs at the Donmar Warehouse from the 6th of December 2019 to the 1st of February 2020. Tickets are now available at donmarwarehouse.com.